We are on a mission. A mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast, you'll get actionable business advice. Hear stories from industry leaders. And share a laugh or two with us. Fuel your passion for pharmacy. One conversation at a time. Four. Three. Two. One. Welcome to the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Key, president of Pioneer X, and today I'm here with my co-host, Marsha. Hi, I'm Marsha Bivens, the director of marketing for Pioneer X. Today, our guest, I'm super excited about this, Woo-hoo. is Kelly Babcock. She is the founder of Leadership Growth Formula. Kelly, welcome. How are you guys? We're doing great. How are you? Oh, my goodness. I'm I was... Wonderful. Uh, I was... Uh, this... I don't remember when I was just thinking, wondering what you were doing. It wasn't too long before you reached out. <laughs> I, so, I, I think I, I must it. have sent you a mental message. You did. I it was that telepathic message that I got. I was yeah, like, I, I, I miss Kelly on stage because, at like, PDS. I've, I've been following you social media, and it's like more of your stuff has been popping up and what you're doing and you're traveling. It's called retargeting. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Geofencing and retargeting. Yes. I, you know, that is so funny, Jeff. That's kind of how my life works. It really, it's just, you know, I, I, uh, my partner, Terry Norvell and I, we call them cookies from the universe because it's just, you know, you just, it, it just, that's how it works. And it's just amazing. And I love it when that happens because when I reached out to you and then you immediately responded and I was like, oh, well, hello, of course, we're, we're meant to connect. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, it had to be the last time we saw each other had to be the, what, 2020? PDS 2020. Oh, yeah. Yep. Is peacocks a bit much? No, no I like not it. At all. I like it. We yeah. uh there's my grandmother had peacocks growing up. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Where did you grow up? The well, I grew up mostly here in Louisiana. She she lived in Spring Hill, Louisiana, which is a little farming community kind of northwest of where I grew up. And uh they had a farm and a peacock. Love it. It was noisy. Well, you know, it's it's funny how you know talking about cookies from the universe. Um, it's it's probably been about I don't know eight or nine years ago that I would I was given I was gifted this really beautiful actually it's right there up on the top shelf that peacock box mm-hmm. and and for whatever reason after that lo and behold every time I turn around oh, it was peacocks 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 you know and and um, I even have a pillow this is so funny you know, stand out, be colorful, move boldly, bring joy to others. I'm like, oh, well, okay, there you go. That's it's Kelly. My, that's, that's, that's my mantra. Yeah. Hey, I've got the colorful. That's, I've got the orange on Yes, today. you sure do. <laughs> what color orange is that, though? I don't know. It's it's the orange glad color. It's, it's bright orange. Orange glad. If it's <laughs> University of Tennessee Go Volunteers orange, I'm all in. Told okay. you. I got you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my goodness! I'm so excited to play with you guys today. So, so you live in Florida? I do. I live in Boynton Beach, Florida, which is just south of West Palm Beach. Okay, still in Palm Beach County. Mm-hmm. And so, I am, believe it or not, it it's I, I I can't go back any further than this, but we might. I am a sixth generation Floridian. Wow! Oh wow! Okay. Right. Crazy. My grandmother and my great grandmother, both of their first names were Florida. 
does that? Wow. There's... I know. I know. So we pioneered on both sides. Interestingly enough, on both sides, my mom and dad, um, my ancestors pioneered the state of Florida. So my Florida roots are deep. Deep. Very. Okay. And you, you married your high school sweetheart. I did. We just celebrated our 39th wedding anniversary on Saturday. Oh, congrats. And, well, thank you. Apart because he has COVID. Uh... So, he's fine. He's he's great. I mean, he, you know, just a little congestion. And so I said him packing because I said I have a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, like. Yes, you'll probably hear me kind of clearing my distance. throat a lot because uh, I had COVID two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, no. So. Well, I I know. I um, actually had it in January, and it took me three weeks to test negative. Oh, wow. Um, really, yeah, set me back. And, I, you know, double vaxxed, boosted, yep. and a flu shot for the mm-hmm. very first time in my life. So I was like, oh, okay. But, yeah, I it, it, it can get you. How are you feeling now, Marsha? Are you good? You I'm, right? It's just clearing my throat. It's just a lot of... <clears throat> <clears throat> yes. It's yeah. just a lot of that. And yesterday it was very frustrating being in a lot of catch up meetings from being gone for two weeks. Um, and uh, just trying to get to these meetings. And it just got to the point that my throat was dry and there was a lot of me clearing my throat. And I was just like, God, this is going to be the, I, it's going to just kill me today. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, honey. There is, there well, is a lot of people yeah, you- suffering from far worse. Then. Well, exactly. I mean, I, I really counted my blessings. I was like, you mm-hmm. know what, this is this is all good. Um, and I'm flying to Denver next week to deliver a leadership growth formula session. So I really I was like, yeah, dude, I am not yeah. getting this yeah. again. Yeah. Not again. Right. Like surely oh, yeah. my antibodies are are up. Yeah. They're up and good. Up. Yeah, they yeah. say if you're if you're the triple vaxxed and you get it, that you have like this super immunity mm-hmm. for a, a little bit, I guess. Yeah. So I'm counting well, on that. We just got back from New York. Weird. And if you were going to get COVID, that would be a place. Oh, yeah. That would be it. Yeah. Right. Just, yeah I forget how compact everybody was. And and everybody's revenge traveling. Uh, <laughs> lots and lots of people from other countries. And it's just crazy. Yeah. I felt like our hotel was, was full packed. of French and Italian. Yeah. I, I hardly ever oh. heard somebody speak. I heard one guy from, one guy heard me talking. He's like, oh, where are y'all from? And he was from Houston. But besides that, everybody was... Um, from somewhere else mm-hmm. overseas for a while it was hard to get in the united states mm-hmm. i think i know i think you're right and i hadn't heard it called revenge traveling so i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that because that's really it's what it is isn't yeah, it, it is. right. i mean i when i flew to richmond virginia uh what 10 days ago and there were truly and this was on the sign 15 parking spaces left in the entirety of the fort lauderdale international airport parking garage oh, wow. i mean wow. i was Stunned. I couldn't believe it. And so there that's exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Huh. Revenge travel. <laughs> Fifteen. Well, and that's an international. Um, and I wonder how many people are going overseas too. I mean, we're going to Spain in September. Yeah, I know, but you, you know, a lot of during the end of the pandemic, some of the other countries are hard to get into. So a lot of people were doing domestic right. travel. People who normally go yeah. to Mexico were going to Florida or, yep. or something. And so that's you're seeing a exactly. lot of travel that normally U.S. travel that got kind of spread out, got kind of compressed in the United States. A lot of people mm-hmm. went to went to Hawaii that normally would have gone to mm-hmm. Aruba or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we're, we're scheduled to go to Mexico in September, and that's, that's it for the international travel. So for me anyway, we'll keep, keep our fingers crossed. I think crossed we, just, we have happens. Spain in September and then London in October. 
Yeah, we'll see. So, we'll see. Hopefully. fingers crossed. So they, they said, uh, I just crossed, saw something yes. today that the pandemic, uh, the this resurge in New York has peaked. Um, oh, wow. So that's a good sign. That is a good sign. Absolutely, Jeff. Well, let's, we're, we're all going to put that positive mojo out there. That's mm-hmm. right. We're peaking. Um, all right. So we have two kids. What do our, what do our kids do? Oh, my goodness. So I know they're adults. <laughs> I, I guess they're they're my kids. Yep. Yeah, our son our son is 34 and he lives and works in Denver. That's where we actually raised our children. We okay. actually left South Florida and they were probably five and seven at the time. And so he just considers himself a Coloradan. You know, I'll, I'll have to blast him out of there. He, you know, loves the Denver area. Um, and our daughter actually is engaged. She actually lives like four miles from me. And she is a, a VP, a project manager at a um, private home builder here in South Florida. Just, you know, nice. just, yeah, moving and grooving. And um, she is and her fiance are, uh, looks like the date is September 22nd, 2023. So I, I have a while. Yeah. Um, first yeah. day of fall. engagement. First yes, day, that'd be the first day well, of fall. Exactly. And I said, why are you, they've been together for seven years. So I said, why are you waiting so long? And she said, oh, hello, I'm opening a billion dollar property and I got a lot to do this year. I'm busy. So I said, oh, well, I can, <laughs> I'll plan the wedding can... after I finish the project. I know. I said, well, I guess, you know, your priorities are, yeah. Yeah. Just got to, <laughs> just got to pencil in. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. But yeah, I wonder, after my project. I wonder if that's typical. I wonder if the girls' children tend to stay closer to their parents and the boys tend to go further away. Like my daughter mm-hmm. lives in Dallas. She works Not for this me. this one. And well, that's true. Opposite for you. Opposite and then my son is in, in Arkansas. So maybe my, that's not. Yeah. My parents are six hours west of here and my brother wow. is still there close by and close by. Mm-hmm. Although they're working on retiring and moving closer up here. Oh, so wow. that dynamics will change then. Yeah, maybe. But, not but I wonder thought. what that statistic, that would be an interesting t- statistic to, to discover, right, Jeff? I mean, it would be, I don't know. You know, she actually moved here. She worked in Colorado for a year after she graduated from college. She went to CU in Boulder. And and I think, you know, but here's the other thing. She's uh, March, she's my March baby. So she's a Pisces and I think she just loves the water. Yeah. And, you know, our son just loves that, you know, he loves the mountains the and the, the, mountains, you know, the yeah. yeah, the outdoor stuff out there in Colorado. So huh. I know. Is she a scuba and, diver? And, no, she's not. She isn't. Isn't. And that's kind of interesting, but huh. no. Your, your son's in Denver and you're going to Denver next week. Are you going to extend your trip and see him and spend some time? I am. Is he married? He is not. He and his girlfriend just built a house together. So they've been in a long-term relationship. Um, We used to sit around the dinner table and have this little mantra, this little chant when they were growing up, you know, like no credit card debt and don't get married till you're 26. Well, they, I mean, they took that so literally. I mean, it's like he's 34 and my daughter's 32. So I said, okay, anytime now, you know, you didn't have to, you know, you, you blew by don't, 26. Don't take that kiddos. so seriously. Don't okay? take that it's, so it's literally, right? To... But yes, to answer your question, I'm flying, I'm flying in on Saturday. And then uh, Terry Norvell, my leadership growth formula partner, and I, we will kick off our session on Wednesday. So I'll have a nice chance to, to visit and see old friends, you know, our old neighbors. And that's always great. That's always nice. nice. Yeah. It's interesting how the, the generations is changing. I saw an interesting statistic just yesterday. I think this will be the first year that China's population will not grow. 
Wow. So if you look at, you know, Kelly, you and I are, well, all of us kind of growing up, you know, you saw these predictions of overpopulation of the earth and and, um, solving it green, you know, we're going to be eating each other and and this kind of stuff. And, and, and now you look at it, they're predicting, I think by 20, I don't know, 50 or some year that China's population will be half of what it is today. Because people are amazing, isn't it? You know, people just aren't, you know, as economies mature, the priority Mm -hmm. is to have children. Well, and and for the longest time, they were only allowed to have one child, right? Right. Well, and that. Well, that's what I was just going to say. And that disproportionately affected the number of women um, because people preferred Mm -hmm. male babies. But even at that, they allow three kids now and there's incentives. And once women, once women start working. They're afraid it's going to affect their career. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. They just they're just not interested in in, yeah. in having children. Um, and it's probably it, long term. It's probably good for the planet. Um, short term, it'll be right. bad for a young, a few young generations supporting a retired um, right. group and, well, and not enough workers and this kind of thing. Yeah, and if you look at how really there is an there is an entire industry that I think is where the innovation and the explosion is going to come from. And that's typically, you know, when you think about, um, I was just reading a book called The Longevity Economy by mm-hmm. Dr. Joe Coughlin, and he runs the Age Lab at MIT. And and it's amazing that now that the baby boomers are retiring, this there's, there's this entire population of people, <laughs> you know, that are coming up that are going to demand products and services be different, right? Mm-hmm. Like different types of products, different types of services. Um, it's just an, I think it's a, it's a new frontier for all of us to be thinking about and exploring, you know, how do we serve that population? Because what we do know, and then these are some fun, fun facts from, um, you know, I, I took a, a, well, we'll get into that too in a, in a little bit, I'm sure. But um, in 2021, I took uh, an eight-week course through the Modern Elder Academy. Fascinating on how to transition, like transitioning during okay. midlife. Amazing information that the the lifespan now we are predicted to live 35 years longer, right? And not only that, but this and this actually comes from not Joe Coughlin, but. Um, Dr. Mike Royzen, he's the chief wellness officer at the Cleveland Clinic. Um, I mean, this guy looks like he drank from the fountain of youth. I mean, I, I thought he was my age, and it turns out he's like 74 or 76 years old. Wow. And I, I was just stunned. But he he is um, he's the author of a book called The Great Age Reboot, and they're developing an app around The Great Age Reboot. And his his studies indicate – now, this is just mind-blowing to me. I don't know about you, but – um, that in 10 years, in 10 years, so by 2032, 90 will be the new 40. 90 will be the new 40. Wow. I can see it because, I mean, already, what, 40 is the new 20? Right. And, and the longevity. Says the 40-year-old. Yes, says the 40-year-old. <laughs> says the 40-year-old. I don't well, feel and- 40. I feel 20. No, you'll never <laughs> feel 40, Marcia. Absolutely. That's the whole, that's, well, that's the hope, right? Yeah. That oh, yeah. We, yeah, is, is that we maintain if we're going to live that long? Because I said, look, I, you know, <laughs> hey, me and Betty White, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
but I, if I'm going to live that long, I want to be vital. I want to yep. have the vitality and the energy and the spunkiness. You know, Yes, ex- right, exactly, mm-hmm. right. I want to be dancing. I want to be dancing right on into the, <laughs> right on into the grave. But yeah, so I think the as the population, and it, I, you know, I just um, I'm fascinated by mm-hmm. how we that age group of the baby boomers are going to start di- dictating in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Like skilled nursing and assisted living and life plan communities are going to look there. The shape of those are going to look a lot different than they do today. It's my prediction. Well, I mean, like Jeff, you were just telling me like what last week, there's a a quote that you read or somebody said that was take your food like it's medicine Mm -hmm. or you'll be end up taking medicine like it's food. Exactly. That was Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but (laughs) No, it's an interesting it's tangent. Was, it's 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 true today. It's it's yeah. No, take I, care I, I I look or, at yeah. I look at my mom who's eighty two. I'm getting along fine, you know. She's she's active and and um, oh yeah. And I think yeah. about my great grandfather when he was that age and in a wheelchair, you know, and just a big difference in in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, I was talking to my grandmother about that yesterday. She's um in her. Uh, early 80s. She's 82, 83. Yeah, she's around great. And she she gets around fine. And um, she's not on any blood pressure or heart medication or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. And um, she was talking about, you know, if I if I remember getting like my if I remember my mom and if I get like my mom, don't don't let me stay here. Put me in a home. And I'm like, you're I was like, your mom passed away when I was a toddler. I think you're doing much better than your mom right now. Yeah. I mean, she's getting to, she's going to get to see her first great grandchild graduate high school. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's so incredible. What a gift, right? Well, and that's the thing I think that, you know, as we, as we look at that, you know, I know I went to the doctor, um, gosh, this has been years ago. My parents were probably 82, 83 years old. Mm-hmm. And I happened to go with them to a doctor's visit. And they were like, they asked for the list of medications. And I said, well, they're not on any. Mm-hmm. I think my mom was taking some eye drops for glaucoma or something. But that that was the only prescription she had. And they were like, no, no, really? Like what? And I said, no, they're they're not on any medication and which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow. Other yeah. than just daily Good. supplements. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. Well, I remember um, I, I was, yeah. uh, Bob Lomanak and I were talking years ago and I remember him mentioning the leadership class that you did at yeah. PDS and, right. and he was really pumped about it. Hey, it's a really good thing, really good thing for you to do. Um, we kind of brushed it off at that point because I think it was a PDS only thing. Although I, right. I did think we right. got we got permission that said we could go and, and never, I don't think it ever worked out. I don't remember yeah. when that was. But so um, you left PDS and and now you have your own company, right? Yeah. And yes, So sir. tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll give you just a, a, a little bit of the backstory because I love Bob, as you know, and he um, he's so funny. He said, you know, Kelly, I've tried to tell people 
a little bit about that program, but it just defies explanation. So I just tell them, you know, look, you got to trust me. You just have to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I said, well, the good news is you got a lot of credibility, Bob. And I think there, there were a couple of elements that created that sentiment of, around the advanced leadership program. Um, and I'll give you a little bit, just a, a quick snippet of the history, because when I arrived at, at PDS, um, in the role of chief operating officer, because, you know, I, here's what's funny is that I, I don't think many people know. I mean, I had an entire career before I actually came to pharmacy development services. And so when I came to PDS, I came on board as one of the business coaches. And then 18 months later, um, in October, uh, September, October of 2010, stepped into the chief operating officer role. And one of the things that that the president founder, Dan Benamos, had wanted to do was to create a training curriculum for specific to pharmacy owners and their teams. And I said, well, what is the one thing? And that had been my background, of course, in my previous career, uh, training and operations heavy. And so I said, what's the one gap? If you could say sort of the universal pain point for independent pharmacy owners, what would that be? He didn't miss a beat in a nanosecond. He said leadership. And I said, well, you're in luck because I can build that. <laughs> so um, we offered the very first advanced leadership program. I want to say it was like 2012, maybe. And then in 2013, we we redesigned it. Um, Sharon Rasnick, who's still with Pharmacy Development Services, Terry Norvell, um, and myself, we, uh, and because part of my background, I'm a bit of a unicorn. I, um, you know, I used to say, I used to say, well, I'm just a generalist because I was in training and operations and I could just kind of, you know, get her done and all kinds of, you know, implementer, you name it. But my passion and my true love really is in facilitating and training. And part of that, of course, is instructional design. And so yeah. I said, yeah, I can build that. I was very confident about that. Dan probably was not so confident. <laughs> <at the time. laughs> but we actually, the three of us co-created uh, the what exists still to this day is the Advanced Leadership Program for pharmacy owners and teams. And I would say uh, probably by this year, I know when I left at the end of January last year, which was 2021, I bet we'd already put through over a thousand pharmacy wow. owners and their team members. Yeah. And, and it really became sort of the cornerstone, the flagship program. Um, ironically, it's not all that specific to pharmacy. It's, hmm. it's specific to leadership. Right. right? right. Um, and, and I think that, you know, part of the that that bit of that unicorn is because I had been in roles and positions my entire adult career in managing and leading high performance teams and being accountable and responsible mm-hmm. over and over again for performance and results. Um, I think that that's probably part of the secret sauce of that program is that it was very applicable right? I come, I kind of come to the table with this pragmatism. You know, I, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm a lifelong student. I read all the time. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm also, I, I, you know, if you don't tell me what I'm going to do with this or how I'm going to use it, then 
uh, I'm not very, I'm not, I'm not interested. You're right. My enthusiasm begins to, to wane um, proportionately because I, I want to know that I can actually use this. I want right. to do something with it, so to speak. So um, I think that was part of it, right? Is that we, we were able to provide these tools and resources that oftentimes these folks had never even heard of. Right. Yeah. Just right? not exposed and, to. No, not expect it's you hit the nail on the head, Jeff. No exposure. Yeah. Um, I think the other piece, the other secret sauce is that we based it in neuroscience. So it was based in neuroscience and how the brain works. Not a you know, not a deep dive into the science of it, but enough that we become really super aware, that self-awareness of how we show up and our behavior and how our brains are operating so that we can actually make a choice to do things differently, right? I mean, hey, if what we're doing and how we're showing up is netting phenomenal results, great. But if they're not, and, and you know, we've got some of that dissonance or, or that discord or disconnect going on, then we've got to be able to step back and say, okay, what do I need to change here? Or what do I need to do differently? Um, so I think that was, and then the, the third piece of the secret sauce around that program, in my estimation, was the connection, right? The the absolute opportunity to get out of your own environment and into a positive, supportive, and respectful place where you were with like-minded people, right? right? Like yeah, similar industry. Yeah. Exactly. Similar challenges. You know, we're all, yep. Yeah, we've got the same pain points. We're all losing sleep over the same things. You know, my team is driving me crazy. I don't, you know, I don't know what to do. So that to me, really, the the combination of those three things really, I think, created a powerful program. And so, you know, my attention span is about seven years. <laughs> As as I have become accustomed to my, you know, paying attention to my own uninterrupted patterns in life and my career choices. Um, and at the I'm trying to think at the beginning of 20. Actually, it started with the pandemic. And uh, this is a very long winded explanation. I said I was going to be <laughs> brief, but I'm not. Usually that give it, give it a, to usually, us. usually when somebody says this will be brief, it's not. <laughs> it's, like, it's not. Well, yeah, I should have said I should have prefaced everything by saying I don't speak in sound bites. Yeah, not to elaborate, <laughs> no. but yeah, I usually go okay. And, long story long. Yeah, long story longer. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm getting to leadership growth formula because I'll tell you the reason I felt like I wanted to share that backstory is because um, I stepped into full time coaching during the, the year of the pandemic, so 2020. Mm-hmm. That's all I did because obviously advanced leadership was off the table. We couldn't do anything in person that year, right? That was on hiatus. And Terry was experiencing, Terry Norvell was experiencing something similar. And so I spent that entire year immersed in the leadership challenges and struggles, the very real leadership Hmm. challenges that these folks were facing. And was that consultive? Did you like charge per hour? For coaching? This was with PDS. This oh, this is still PDS. PDS coaching. Okay. Still PDS coaching. Yeah, still PDS. Um, and what I realized after that, pretty much that full year, you know, from the from the conference in February beyond to the mm-hmm. end of the year, that rather than feeling hopeless or helpless, that there was actually something 
that I could do to provide support, resources, tools in a cutting edge way that is not not steeped in the sort of the heaviness Mm -hmm. of the pandemic and what we're all suffering and going through, but the possibility of creating a different type of, of world through leadership, just being a better leader. And so I, I I got the itch, right? I got the, I got the, the universal signal and I needed the bandwidth to do that. What's that? You got the universal cookie. I did. The universal cookie just landed right in my lab. And I thought, you know, I've got to sharpen the saw, which, Mm -hmm. you know, if you, I don't know if you're familiar with the good old Stephen Covey, you know, uh, the uh, seven habits, Mm -hmm. right? Seven habits. And so one of them, of course, is sharpening the saw. And as a lifelong learner, I, I thought, you know, I've got to have number one, the bandwidth. And number two, I've got to get into the research and understand what's happening right now for mm-hmm. leaders. The landscape has changed. There's a crisis in confidence around leadership. Um, we are all leaders, if nothing else, in our own lives. Yep. And so to come at this from a holistic approach, you know, sort of that 360, everywhere you go, there you are. <laughs> And so I, I'm gonna I have to think to, about that one. My, my, my mind's in a loop on that one. Okay, hold, go ahead. Yeah, every, everywhere you go, there, <laughs> there you, you are. are. Yeah, yeah, you show up, right? Because so many people want to say, like, oh, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be this way at home, and then I'm gonna be this way at work, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna, you know, play a role. I'm gonna wear this hat and that hat. And the truth is, is that, gosh, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Woo! Like, let's. How about we just show up, right? Just do you. Like, wouldn't that be great? And if you had the inner confidence, the inner trust that you would always show up the way you need to, wow, what a different, you know, what a different brand of leadership that might be. Mm-hmm. And so I really took 2021. Uh, so that's when I left. I left PDS at the end of January and really immersed myself in a lot of, of work. And because I was then able to have the bandwidth, um, you know, wasn't traveling. And I I was able to really get into that creative content development mode. And, um, you know, I get a bit crazy. In fact, I, in fact, you wouldn't have been able to see the peacock. I had my entire office was plastered with flip chart paper. And, and my husband stuck his head in the door and he goes, Oh, this is where you're making the sausage. <laughs> like, <laughs> It looked a bit, yeah, it looked a bit Jackson Pollock-ish, you know, it was, it was kind of crazy. But um, from that work and, and because I am a collaborator, I mean, I'm a people person, right? I mean, yep. I just, yeah, That's you know, sure. love, 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 love is my, it's my number one value, my number one strength, you know, and, and I believe that that's part of my superpower is that connection, right? And so I'm a collaborator at heart. I don't like to do anything in a vacuum. So because I wasn't going to be doing advanced leadership with Terry Norvell anymore, she was, you know, she and I were lamenting the fact that we weren't playing together. And I said, well, there's got to be a way for us. We've got this, there's this new material available now for leaders that I think is cutting edge and we've got to find a way to get it out there into the world. And um, I have to, I've got a plug. I've got a plug. This is the origin story of leadership growth formula. Um, you guys know Chris Cornelison. Yep. Yes. So Chris had wanted to work with Terry and I for a long time. We just wanted to do something together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's such a dynamo. Right, and yeah. we just, 
oh my God, just like this mutual fan club, right? We're all just like the president of each other's fan clubs. And so, um, Chris said, Hey, I'm going to do a one day training event for my Solutions RX customers. Would you and Terry come and do a two hour program for my customers? Mm-hmm. And we were like, Oh, voila, another cookie from the universe. Oh, <laughs> yes. And we're going to test drive some of this new, some of this new material that we have, uh, you know, developed and uncovered. And, um, and that, believe it or not, when we when we dove in, we were like, "Oh no, we we've got two hours, but we have two and a half days." <laughs> and it was like, "Rut row, we've got oh so much and more." And so that really was the origin story. And so Terry and I um, decided that we really would um, that we would really do whatever it took to get this uh, program out into the world um, because the. The, you know, the genesis is change. That's where it starts, right? And and so we thought, wow, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could create some type of template or a formula that people could use over and over and over again when they need to make a change or they need to shift something or they're not getting what they want, right? They need a different because we're all getting results, but are they the results that we want? You know, are they the desired results? And so that's how we landed on creating this actual growth formula, which is pretty, I mean, it's pretty simple and yet not easy to implement, right? I mean, how would you say the pandemic has affected management training and management styles? I would say in every way. And it has it began, I will say this, I think there was a shift prior to the pandemic. Um, okay. The the integration of millennials and Gen Xers and Gen Yers and things, you know, we began to get a sense that things were not going to be the same, mm-hmm. that we were going to have to manage people differently. We were going to have to lead people differently. And so I think the pandemic just accelerated it, perhaps, Marcia. You know, it, it just I think I agree with it, that statement. It ignited. It ignited yeah. what was already perhaps forming. And mm-hmm. um you know the other piece of this too is deciding for yourself what kind of leader you want to be in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's personal or professional. Um so we we looked, so I think it impacted how people show up as leaders. And now we have to look at the management and, and, and leadership development programs that Mm -hmm. existed before the pandemic, to what degree are they even relevant anymore? Mm -hmm. Do you, um, do you do anything in your class that addresses remote leadership? You know, we, we don't specifically address that. And yet it's this huge issue Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and there are so many different philosophies and schools of thought. And, you know, Jeff, um, it's interesting that you should ask that question because my husband happens to work for Walker Dunlop, which is a Denver based, um, financial services company. And, you know, they're all over the country and, Yet the the president, the founder, the CEO, Willie Walker, he believes he just has a bias and he believes that 
it's better to be in the office, right? Like yep. there's there's an energy and there's a dynamic that exists when people are together that you that you can replicate to a point via Zoom. But it's like why Terry and I decided that this needed to be an in-person program. Yep. Right? Because right. remotely yeah, I agree 100%. You cannot, you know, and, and keep in mind, you know, Brene Brown, who is one of my favorites. Uh, in fact, we, we lean into her work a lot as a resource for leadership growth formula and Brene Brown. I'm sure you, as a Texan, you probably are familiar with Brene. I'm not. I've heard the name, but I'm not. So yes, she actually has the fourth most watched Ted talk of all time. And it, she's a Texan. She's a fifth generation Texan. Um, she is a, a researcher, author. She's just blowing up the 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 business world these days with her her well her latest book is called Atlas of the Heart. She does two different podcasts, um, wow. but that that 2009 TED Talk really launched her career. She'd already mm-hmm. been an author of several books because so she's a researcher and professor at the University of Texas, and so she um, in one of her books, Dare to Lead. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she talks about, we as human beings are hardwired for connection. You know, we are truly hardwired for connection. And so Jeff, to your point, it makes it difficult, you know, um, I got sidetracked with my little sidebar promo, for <laughs> Brown. <laughs> she, but it, it, it does speak to the need for some people, right, to be in that collaborative environment. And so how we address that, because we're not, we don't necessarily specifically talk about how do you manage a, you know, a remote worker is if you are showing up, right, as, mm-hmm. as the leader you want to be and, um, and you are, you trust your, and you are confident in your leadership capabilities, then you manage that scenario, right? You manage the person, perhaps not the process. You manage what that person is going through. You're paying attention to them. And in the case of a remote worker, you know, it's a lot of assessing. Is that person, are they, because there are, there are, I mean, there are studies out there and research that shows that, that some people are actually more productive in a home office. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I don't, and it's I don't think those... it's a, I don't, I don't think remote is a productive issue. If somebody's unproductive in a home office, they're going to be unproductive. There are more distractions. If they're unproductive at home. They're unproductive in the office. Um, right. you, you could say though, there's a portion of a person's time that needs to be unproductive, right? They need to decompress. And then I, I need to do this in the right. office. You decompress building a relationship with other people that you work with. And sometimes that relationship creates innovation because the things you talk about are work related and you get a boom and you're decompressing in a worthwhile way, right? Over here, you're decompressing with a load of laundry or with making a snack or, or, Mm -hmm. or, or something like that. Taking the dog for a walk. And and so you can say, well, the, what we consider hardcore productive lines of code, uh, something like that's the same. But the non-productive time is productive in a different type of way. It is. But it is. Leadership there, and, and, and when I hit that, it wasn't just talking about remote workers, which is a piece. But, you know, we've always had different branches of companies. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now we have tools that we can 
have leadership roles with people at other, you know, you'll now have deal where you might have somebody in another office who's supervising right. people at your office because mm-hmm. the tools Absolutely. are better, which you might not have done right. in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got relationships that you have with uh, customers or with vendors. And, and now those relationships aren't phone-based because you have more tools now. They're more video-based. There probably are opportunities to use some tools um, some, some persuasion, some, some leadership, uh, that wouldn't have been available or even an option before. Right. No, you, you hit the nail on the head. Go ahead, Marsha. Mm-hmm. So I guess I, one of the things I'm really curious about, and I'm going to sidetrack it and change topic a l- little bit mildly here. You've mentioned so many names. Who would you, um, contribute to or say are your top five influencers? Five's too many. Give us oh. three. Top three. Top three. Top three. Yeah. I would say Marcus Buckingham. Okay. Brene Brown. The Texan. Mm, The Texan. Yes. And mm, boy. If you need to go five, go five. No, no. Jeff's (laughs) cutting me off. Um, Caroline Mace. Okay. Who I consider to be my, my um, spiritual guru. She is. Okay. She, yeah. She and Father Richard Rohr. So I'm going to, I'm going to go tie a tie. Yeah. A little tie there. Father Richard Rohr, Richard Rohr and, and, uh, Carolyn Mace, but from a business standpoint, from a leadership standpoint right now, um, I would say Marcus Buckingham and Brene Brown. And that's who, what would be your current favorite book? Professional, not yeah, why I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Quotes. I don't know. What's that, <laughs> that Marsha? She said, "Why the air quotes?" It's not something that I normally do. I don't know. Well, because I'm doing it. Oh, are you doing air quotes? A, yeah, yes, I'm mirror, a total a parent. Mirror, I imitate mirror neurons. Our mirror—that's yeah. the neuroscience piece kicking in, right? Our mirror neurons mirror neurons. If somebody's doing like you, like if I yeah. nod, you'll start nodding. No, it's right? crazy. I if am in smile. And, somebody else is smiling. In my opinion, of why we do that is. To belong, right? So you see like a mockingbird, what do they do? Well, they pick up the songs of other birds, not because, hey, that's a cool song, but so the birds will say, oh yeah, that, that bird's one right. of the, one of our, one of our group, you know, we'll let yes. them hang out. And, Absolutely. And, and, and so I find myself all the time imitating habits and, and you'd be around somebody, you start imitating their accent. Absolutely. Um, that's mirroring and that's, and it's a neurological thing. We can't, we can't help it. We can't get away from it. That's how our brains work, right? Mm-hmm. It's why understanding why that fight or flight response is, is, is so important for mm-hmm. a leader because that, that little almond shaped part of the brain that controls fight or flight is called the amygdala. And when it gets triggered, we go into a hijack mode huh. because, and you know, the pharmacists love this because yeah, they're, you know, they know this. They're yeah. like, oh, you're, you're flooded with cortisol and adrenaline and, <laughs> you know, yeah. So they know all the chemicals, right? The chemical cocktail that gets, um, you know, that gets dispensed in your, in your body. And yet when you're talking about the belonging part of it, mm-hmm. Jeff, so what, what that, that neurological chemical cocktail is the positive stuff, right? The dopamine and the oxytocin and the serotonin and you know all those feel good chemicals and dopamine actually contributes to high performance so there's a lot to be said there's a lot to be said for that 
And I think I just got us off track again because Marsha, you, you. No, that's good. We don't have to be on track, off track. We're always off track, off the wall, she's all like, over the place. So well, she's I a very. We'll link it back. She should have been a CIA operative or something. She's super Love observant it. of everything. Yes. Yeah, just that's every right. little she detail. You. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. that's that's a anchor. Sometimes it's a sale. <laughs> it's just a bent. <laughs> I love it. So I guess back to Jeff's question, your favorite book. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes, my favorite book. Yeah, that's right. So I will say this. Marcus Buckingham. Of today. It doesn't have to be all time. Like your favorite, like your right now no, book. No, today, right now. Yeah. Absolutely. The one you're quoting so, when you're The one I'm up. quoting from that I also quote most often from is actually Marcus Buckingham's book from 2019, which is The Nine Lies About Work. And that okay. for me um, was was I would put that in my top five business books of all time. Um, he he's actually released another one just back in April since then called Love and Work. It's equally you know nice. it's equally as good. I okay. just don't think it's as good. Note to self: next time we have a podcast with Kelly, I'm bringing a pad to write and take notes I'm, on. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna like, have to. I'm like, like, oh, somebody's oh writing these down for me. I guess oh, I can, no. I'm, I can I'm play sitting them back. here. I'm thinking, Madison, are you writing these down? Well, yeah, well, I, I know I can count on Madison. She says yeah. she got them. She's got them. Oh, my gosh. I know that you either love that about me or you just are like, oh, please, sister, dial that back. I Just don't oh, tell me God, one more God, book. No, I'm, I'm like. Yeah, I'm I don't know so, if I want to hang out with that person who's saying like, guys. We only, have, <laughs> like, we only have 15 minutes left, and I'm like. Tell me more. I was like, okay. I'm like, I, I want, I want. Well, her she to wants us to come hang out with her, so you know. We, yeah, and, yeah. and and hang out with her. So. I I want her to come to connect and absolutely. I mean, yeah, I we're, so we're we, like we all her, yeah, we are all so booked up this year and sold sure. out. It's it's our largest connect yet, I love it. if ever. I mean, our last one in 2019 yeah. was um, 450 plus on the attendees, and this year we have 910. I love it. And wow. Yeah, we're so we're growing and blowing That's and awesome. And so yeah, I definitely wanna um get nail you down for connect <laughs> next year. Well, thank you. And get I, you I on my speaker list. And- delighted and you know that's i love the fact that you call it connect because that's really so that's so important um well, actually this year well, it's, it's reconnect is it re- i know oh my gosh it's, it's been two years since yeah. we've had right? we're reconnecting oh it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna feel so great to be back together again i know mm-hmm. so well, how many of these have you taught so we have, you know, this is our launch year, um, and we're delighted that we, we decided we were going to do a bit of a hybrid business model because this is not just, I mean, look, Terry and I both have been hanging out with independent pharmacy for the last decade or so, and we, you know, we love these people. And yet, you know, our mission was to get these tools and resources out there into the world so that everyone could be a better leader. And so um, we have our hybrid model is we thought, okay, you know, look, we know we can customize this and come actually to you, right? We can bring it to you. If you've got a team of 20 people or more, then we can bring this to you. So we did that with another, I think another pioneer, uh, uh, part of the pioneer family is Amina mm-hmm. Abu Bakar. Oh, yep. Yep. So we, we piloted it with Amina's team wow. back in February and that was 22, fun. 22 folks, two learnings, two key takeaways from that, that, that pilot that this program has a a broad appeal. So, I mean, there were multiple roles within the business that were there. There were clinic folks, there were practitioners. So Mm -hmm. uh, two physicians, you know, HR people, ops people, 
uh, receptionist, technicians, owners. Um, and then we actually just did another customized on-site version mm-hmm. uh, in Richmond, Virginia. Um, again, Catherine Carey's Brimo RX pharmacy team. Okay. And again, broad appeal. That hmm. was the first thing that we realized, like, wow, this isn't just for the C-suite, right? Like, right. This, this has a broad appeal. The most important takeaway, and this is where I'm just giddy. I'm like, you know, to me, this is where the rubber meets the road is what are you going to do with it, right? That application piece I talked about earlier. So what we're finding in the follow-up coaching is that people are applying it with even more impact and even more traction than what we were finding with advanced leadership, um, which is just beyond beyond thrilling for us. That's the whole point is that we want you to get the, the desired result. Like, what do you want in life? Mm-hmm personally, professionally, let's go get it. Right. And so, you know, that being able to actually apply the formula, I mean, to me, that's the report card, right? So next, next week, we're, we're actually doing our first public uh, session. Um, We've probably got three or four, maybe even five different industries represented um, in Denver. And yeah, next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we've got uh, multifamily housing. Yeah. We have property management. We've got, we do have pharmacy. We've got pharmacy folks coming, home builders, uh, medical. I'm trying to think we've got a couple of physicians coming. So it's, it's going to be a really great group of, of people. So entrepreneurs, some that are just entrepreneurs. Yeah, so pon- ponder with me for a second. All right. Mm-hmm. So I, I look, I mean, it, it sounds like something I, I love you and, and it, it sounds like something. And I look at the October, Hey, this is something interesting, you know, that, that, that I might want to do, but, but you got these, your buckets, you know, I, I think it'd be interesting to be in a group of single industry, the pharmacy group to go to right. that. Right. I right. think it'd be super interesting to have a group of 22 pioneer X people in right. and do it. And I also think yes, it'd be it super interesting to send a couple of people at a time to the public ones and be exposed to people from other industries mm-hmm. and kind of the insight that they might provide. You know, all Absolutely. too often we're living in our own yeah. village and, and not realizing there's something else yeah. over the other hill yeah, that better. they're doing something differently and have a different perspective. So what would your, mm-hmm. so if you have with those three buckets, what do you, what do you think would be the most beneficial? Uh, I think all three. I mean, quite frankly, if you now you know, hey, we can take this offline. I mean, look, we we would love to come and do this for, you know, 22, 25 folks at Pioneer RX. What I will say is that the team, and this is why you have to weigh the pros and cons. And I think the answer to that question, let me give you the bottom line. The answer to that question is what do you want out of it, right? What is your objective? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you want the outcome to be? And what is most important to you? Because really the, that homogeneous group, like the Pioneer RX team, Mm -hmm. you're going to, experience this elevated sense of connection and teamwork mm-hmm. beyond yeah. uh, I mean it's incredible I mean that I mean they're like whoa they're just they talk about a deep knowing of your teammate mm-hmm. it's incredible and and yet I've got a couple of folks coming next week for that very reason that they want to open the blinders, right? They just feel like they just need to sort of broaden the horizon, mm-hmm. get out of their own industry, get out of their own way, hear from other fresh voices and different types of in you know professional environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really think that it and 
we also have folks that are attending because we're actually doing a session for PDS members in August. And so we've got, you know, the onsite that we just did, there were three people who couldn't, who couldn't make it because of conflicts. Well, they're going to go to the one in August, mm-hmm. right? They're going to be, you know, they're right. going to come to the, they're going to attend another session. So the good news is that there's something for everyone. And we, um, we honestly did not anticipate being this busy. And it's, it is really, it's thrilling because, you know, at the end of the day, Marcus Buckingham says there's only one true definition of a leader, only one. And that is a person who has followers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what kind of leader do you want to be? And, and if we can provide the framework for you um, to sort of intrinsically understand what internal shift needs to occur, and then we can marry that up with some external behavior and action. Mm-hmm. The, the, the desired results pretty much guaranteed. So you mentioned um, Chris and Amina. Have you worked with Travis Wolf? Because mm-hmm. I, I think he's he's teaching a class at Connect that is around um, you know not just keeping employees but keeping them. I think it's around. I forget what the title, but it was basically around that, you know, getting good people and keeping them. Yeah. So it's interesting. Retention and happiness. Yeah. And I don't know what. I I love Travis, by the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love Travis and Sonny. And that would be an interesting thing to try to figure out. I I think the value of doing it as a company might off way because you're, you're keeping those relationships. Yeah. But, but you could see like being in a group of, you know, pharmacists are such independent pharmacists, good people, you know, Mm -hmm. that would be super super interesting um well and what we know because here's here's the thing team engagement right retention you just mentioned that um if we do not pay attention to our people uh, i mean the the team engagement isn't going to be there i mean there's some pretty startling statistics i mean like you know only like 38 percent of employees, and this is according to Gallup organization, a survey that they do, um, only 30 something percent of um, the American workforce is actively engaged in their work, right? So that, and the question also that employees are asking now, because look, I have optometry clients and I have, you know, we're actually gonna do a a continuing education for the optometric uh, management symposium in Orlando in November, and they're facing the exact same issues that independent pharmacy and most other businesses, in particular healthcare service industries are facing, and that is hiring, right? Like getting these people on board. And and then the, we know, everybody's talked about the great resignation. Oh, they're my air quotes again, Marsha. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's being driven by something and it's being driven by what's now known as the great reassessment. I mean, people are just reassessing what's important to me. And that all the way back to your original question, you know, Marcia, as to to what degree has the pandemic impacted this? People are like, you know, no, look, this is life and death we're talking about here. I I am now going to be very selective with how I spend my time and where I spend it mm-hmm. and who I spend it with. And so we, you know, the question that becomes is what as an as a business owner or entrepreneur or leader, what are you doing to deserve good employees, to deserve those high performers and how are you going to keep them so i'm sure travis will be addressing that in his in his incredibly talented way for sure because that's uh 
that's going to be the name of the game moving forward. Yeah, it'll be super interesting. I, I think there's some going to be some some awakenings. You know, one of those things that one of the best that you know we really had a model of of hiring people out of school and training them and bringing them up. Yeah. Um, awesome. I I. I I feel like I'm a teacher, you know, educator. There's some good and some bad things about that because there's a lot of things to teach somebody and, and, and you end up promoting <laughs> people who are technically good, but not have management or leadership skills and those things you need to train. But one of the things that, that, that this one guy said after being here about six months is I don't know how to work. I don't know what work means. You know, I don't know. Am, am I supposed to, be glued at my desk for eight hours and, and not look away. You know, what is, what is work? You know, people yeah. are, are coming out of school and they don't really know the nature of, of what it means to work. And you got the other extremes that think, well, this just is the next person who's paid to take care of me. Right. This is right. like my college, you know, they're, they're paying, you know, where is my, where is yeah. my, uh, my social agenda and, and where is yeah. other kind of stuff. And you, you know, you, 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 there is some training, about people, especially this, you know, this a younger generation, about what work means. You know, that starts off with you do some work and I pay you for the work. That's, that's the beginning. Exactly. You know, and that's and, just the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Right. And, and then the bonus comes, you, you know, as Zig Ziglar was always, you know, I'm gonna give everything everybody expects from me and then some, and it's then then some that helps you get ahead. And a lot of people think yeah. it's that the do what I expected and I get ahead. Right. And that's just the beginning, but they don't know that, you know, they don't know, right. they don't, there's no understanding, you know, no. um, so. Yeah. There's no point of reference for, for that. Right. And, and I will say this too, that the, the new way of, of coaching folks is really based more on paying attention to them than mm -hmm. any type of old school formalized evaluation system. Right. Because if you think about that fight or flight response, just the words appraisal evaluation. Yeah. <laughs> review. I mean, they're, they trigger that fight or flight response. And so paying attention is the work of leading, um, being able to not necessarily, you know, uh, sit down and provide these formalized feedback sessions, but in real time, yeah. because that, that to, to your point, Jeff, that's how they're going to learn. Oh, oh, that's what work means. Yeah, we threw away the performance you know, we expectation. Don't, we don't do annual performance. You know, we threw it away after my first. You know, I I was like, um, you, you know, you, you don't do. sit down with your you didn't sit down with your spouse for your thirty ninth and say, okay, so let me By look here. Let's look at our last year together. How, how have I done this that's, last year? Let's a, talk about you know, the last year. On, on yeah. such and such a time, I, I remember yeah. I had a – What are the things a, we would change at this point? I, I had a boss early in my career in. That, that pulled out the file, which really was the file to convince me why I didn't deserve much of a raise file, right? And, right. and well, back in, in January – you did blank and, mm -hmm. and, and then here there were dates mm -hmm. and times of infections and mm -hmm. well and here's some things you're good at and can grow at and and I oh, remember the yeah, next right? year the first thing I ask oh. is, Do you have any expectations about um our session today? And I was like, Well, um if you're doing your job, I would expect not to hear anything I haven't heard already. And and and, and that's the and, and so we don't do it. And and you know, you're if the manager has the right relationship, which you said attention there's not nothing new you're you're handling it and, and and what that means if there's a problem handle it then you don't you don't hide like it that. or 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 stay away from or it. like problem. It hey, here's here's this, here's this thing you did and let's yeah. not yeah. do it again you know 
And Jeff, you, this is like a hot button for me because so many organizations, I mean, there is no system or process today for focusing people on near-term work, right? Like in the moment, um, you know, Mark Buckingham says, you know, look, that is the work of leading. If you have to sit down and, and write down what you did six weeks ago, right. then, you know, and, and it's always in the past, right? And I have known that in my gut for 35 years, every time those flipping performance evaluation periods rolled around and I would be like, Oh, poke my eyeball <laughs> yeah. out. Right. Why well, do right? I want to do this? For that very reason. For yeah. that very reason. Uh, don't everything you say to me, I should already know. There right. should be no surprises. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like, you know what? Those being able to check in with them on a regular basis, like weekly, even just five minutes, right? You know, know me, focus me, care about me, you know, get those obstacles out of the way mm-hmm. and and then tell me you know, elevate my performance, right? Hold up a mirror and, and show me what I need to be doing differently. That's coaching. And that is the work of, of leading. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And so to me, I get so passionate about that because I had so many horror stories similar to yours, Jeff, where I'd be like, oh my gosh, really? That's the detail you're going to pull out of my file from right. nine, nine months ago. Mm-hmm. It has no bearing on who I am today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Are really a reflection on, you know, you make people make mistakes, you know, the, the piece yeah, is, uh, right. is the, Hey, what's the plan for not doing this again? You know, what do we learn from it? And Hey, I can help you if, if you want to, but mm-hmm. you know, that that's the, well, but, well, but like you said, the biggest thing is don't hold on to who they were yesterday. Yeah. Focus on who yes. they are today. Absolutely. Marsha. And you know, you guys are really progressive because there are so many organizations that think about the time the effort and the energy that diminishes the ability to innovate, accelerate, to be agile in the marketplace because they're so busy wrapped up with these mm-hmm. formal uh, evaluations and and review process and you know and that you get so bogged down in that and we that's just an old school way of thinking. So you guys are ahead of the curve. Congratulations. Yeah, I, and I, I think the big the world is transforming, and I think. I agree with you, accelerated by the pandemic and by highest inflation in 30 years and just, you know, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. And those who get ahead of it are going to do really well. And and those people stuck in and not being able to to get ahead of it and figure out. And and I don't think where it is is where it's going to get to, yeah. you know. And, and, yeah. and so figuring out where it's going to get to and trying to get there first – is going to set companies up for competitive advantage because in the mm-hmm. end advantage is people, you know, you're, you're people oh, you, and you intellectual and that's, that's your, that's it. And it's the only competitive advantage that's completely within your control. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Any last awesome. things to say? Any last for, words of wisdom to the, to the world. Oh you have goodness. so much wisdom. Oh, oh my gosh. What, what, what little piece would you, would, are you going to leave our listeners with today? Oh, that's such a great question. I know. You know, at the end of the day, what the world needs is people who are authentic, genuine, kind, caring, and loving. Um, it, it We like to say it's a kindness trifecta, right? Because mm-hmm. it's good for you, it's good for the business, and it's good for humanity. Nice. 
what the world needs now. Needs now. All right. Well, it was great. I enjoyed it. I hope we get a chance to. Uh, I, I definitely would love to have you speak yes. next year, and I hope we get a chance to do something together. Let's let's take it offline and discuss it more. And oh, absolutely. And uh, love to yeah, just keep us that. in touch with your success and all the cool things you're doing. And, yeah. and thank you for what you do. Oh, Jeff and Marcia, it has been a delight and a pleasure. I just have the the utmost regard for the two of you. I'm in admiration and respect for what you're doing with the industry and with this podcast in particular. And Thank it was so, so much. much fun to play yeah. with you two today. Yes. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Right. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us, Kelly. Right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for watching the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more pharmacy professionals like you.